thank you uh, for those of you who helped yesterday and in the parade. That was we had plenty of help and were able to hand out at least 1,800 um, postcards for Vacation Bible School. And so, as you think about Vacation Bible School, be praying because God is the one who has to do the work. And so, we we try to um, put feet to our prayer, so to speak, and uh, get out and do some action. But but ultimately, God is the one who has to uh, to bring these people. And so there there's seeming interest as you hand them to the, the kids initially, but but certainly we can um, pray that God will send some of them our way so that we can minister to them the gospel, which is what they ultimately need. Uh, well, um, as you probably know, uh, Retta's daughter passed away um, earlier this week, and so the funeral will be next Thursday, and um, so good to have Retta here today. Um, you know, when I talked to her last week, is she's kind of awaiting the um, a final passing. Um, you know, we talked about God being her refuge and strength and read, some, read a psalm together. And, and um, you know, I mentioned that, that one of the things that we're tempted to do in times of difficulty is to, is to abandon God because it feels like a God has abandoned us. But but this is a time in which we need to lean on God most and, and, and cling to Him uh, the hardest. And uh, one of the ways that God will, will carry Retta through this time is through you and I, through you and me, um, through uh, our prayers and through our love that we show to her. So b- make sure that you, um, you are uh, encouraging her and helping to strengthen her uh, during this time. Well, this morning I want to begin a six-week uh, study on Christians in the workplace, and I've asked the, the teens to join us as well for this series. Um, so glad to have them here this morning. Christians in the workplace. According to the Department of Labor, Americans spend more time working than any other activity besides sleeping. So if you just total up everything that you do in life, um, sleeping is number one, and thank God for sleep. And then work is is number two. So with that being so central, I think it's important for us to ask the simple question, why do I work? Not not so much, the, the focus of our study is not going to be so much how do I work or where should I work. The most fundamental question, question is why do I work? And so that's what we're going to focus on the next six Sundays. Uh, actually, I'll be gone for, for one of those, but but the next six times that we meet. So before we, uh, we dive in here, let's get our bearings and then we'll have a word of prayer and we'll get into the material. Uh, if you look at the back of your handout, you see that we'll start the class off here this week by looking at workplace from a broader perspective that is vocation and calling. And um, when I say workplace, by the way, I'm not just talking about Uh, a place of employment. You could still be unemployed and still have a responsibility. We'll talk about that, okay, that that each of us do have a calling. And um, then over the next four weeks, we'll focus specifically on one specific kind of calling, and that is paid employment. So today we're going to cover both paid and non-paid employment, and then uh, hopefully there will be application throughout for both as well, but but the focus of the next four weeks will be on paid employment or work that we do in a workplace. Uh, we'll s- consider the purpose and danger of employment. We'll see how our life 
in Christ impacts our employment. Then fourth, we'll talk about how the Bible calls us to choose a job. And then fifth, how we can live as Christians in the workplace. And then in week six, we'll circle back around and consider how all our vocations fit together, answering the question that you might have thought of in terms of balance. All of the callings that God is giving, this hopefully will become more clear as we look at today, but but God has called you to do several things. For me, pastor, husband, father, you know, citizen. So all of those callings, how do they fit together? How do I balance them? How do I know which one has the priority? And so on. Uh, So that'll be week six. um, Because I think Christians ought to learn how to be balanced people. So today, we want to look at two topics. First, I want to take a giant step backwards and consider what every person is called to be. So everybody has a calling and every Christian uh, has a specific calling that God has given to us. And it is the same calling. And then after we understand our general calling, we'll look at more specific or secondary calling. And I want to talk about that with regard to work. Um, and so those are the two points. The basic principles of calling and then recapturing the doctrine of calling from common misunderstandings. Alright, let's pray. And then we'll we'll get into the material. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We're thankful for the truth of this song that we have just sung. That that one day, uh, while uh, every knee will bow to Jesus Christ as Lord, to the glory of you. And um, now, many people um, scorn him and mock him and reject him. And yet, uh, one day, that will all be made right when believers are vindicated and unbelievers are judged. And Lord, we're thankful that you are not unconcerned about evil or tragedy, but that you are storing up wrath for the day of judgment. And Lord, while we don't wish that upon anyone, we certainly do want to be vindicated as believers. Um, and so we pray that you give us the faith to continue on. Lord, help us to understand properly how we ought to live as Christians with regard to the work that you have given to us. And we pray for your help in applying it to our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Romans chapter 8 with me. Romans chapter 8. First, we want to define some terms. We want to make... We want to have an understanding here of vocation and calling. The word called here is used in Romans chapter 8, verse 30. And it says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is talking about every single believer. And the root for that word comes from a Greek word that's the same same word as the Latin word that we, from which we get the word vocation. The, the Latin word for vocation is vocare or vocara. And so vocation and calling are synonymous. They're the same words, different languages. And so now we need to ask, what is our calling according to the Bible? Here in verse 30, it has something to do with our salvation, doesn't it? Those whom he predestined, he also called. He called out of something into something, right? Out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He also justified and glorified us. 
Um, that glorified, by the way, is a is a futuristic present, meaning it's something that's guaranteed to happen. It's it's as if it's already happened. So first, our primary calling. Os Dennis or Os Guinness in his book, uh, The Call, says our primary calling as followers of Christ is by Him, to Him, and for Him. So turn to Second Thessalonians two. Second Thessalonians chapter two. And would someone read verse fourteen for us? Okay. So we were called here in verse fourteen by Christ. It was for this he called you. It was Christ who called you. And then in Romans one six it says and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus. So we're called by Jesus to Jesus. And then, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, maybe you know this by heart, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, what? For good works, or to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. That's the four part. So, so if you look at that uh, first line there on the second page, our primary calling as Christians is by Him, Second Thessalonians 2, to him, Romans one, Ephesians, and then for him, Ephesians, chapter two. This is our calling. Every single believer has this calling that we are called by Christ, to Christ, and for Christ. This is our primary calling because it happened first, and because it supersedes every other calling of our lives. And so, that means that our primary responsibility with within life as Christians is to Matthew 6.33 seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you so in other words our discipleship of Jesus Christ is our primary calling in life so we need to get that settled here before we move on to our secondary callings which is going to be the focus of, of the rest of our time any questions on that? primary calling or comments? Now we want to think about our secondary calling or callings. Okay, I'm going to argue that there are more than one, not just the one specific job. Oz Guinness in his book again poses a helpful definition for secondary callings. He says, our secondary callings, considering who, uh, considering that God is sovereign, is that everyone, everywhere, and in everything should think, speak, live, and act entirely for God. They are our personal answer to God's address, our response to God's summons. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 3 here and take a look at, at this um, passage that should be at the front of our minds when it comes to thinking about our responsibility to work and when I say work here, I'm not talking about just a job only. That should be part of it. But whatever work that we're called to, this is how we should think about work. Would someone read verses 22 through, uh, 22 through 24? Servants faith and all things you are master for this place. I would ask servants as men please, but with... Heart, fearing God, 
whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto me. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. All right. So we need to work heartily, right? As the King James says, work heartily as unto the Lord. The New American Standard says it as well. As if the Lord is your boss. Okay, so so don't minimize any work. We again, we we live in a culture that that lives for recreation for the weekend. You know, the TGI, TGIF culture, right? It's it's always looking for the weekend, and, and work is a four-letter word. It's a bad word. Um, and yet, God created work to be good. And we know that because there was work before creation, right? And God is a worker. Uh, I'm sorry, there's work before creation. That's true. But there, there was work before sin, is my point there. Genesis 1 and 2, God commanded the man and the woman to do something. And that was a good thing. And uh, behold, remember at the end of all that, it was very good. And so work is a good thing. We should not treat it as if, um, you know, it's a, it's a big drudgery. And so, whatever work you are called to do, work as if you're doing it for the Lord. If you're a mother, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord. If you're a student, work at it with all of your heart. If you're a wage earner, work at it with all of your heart as to the Lord. If you're retired, if you're unemployed, if you're a husband, you get it. Work at it with all of your heart, as to the Lord. This is the essence of the secondary callings that we have, that we are called to work as to the Lord, in that we are seeking to bring glory to Him. So what, is that, what exactly does that mean? We'll turn to Matthew chapter 22, and we'll just flesh this out. And this goes along with what uh, Jeremy Kahn talked about last week. Matthew chapter 22, these two primary principles that Jesus gives for the commandments. We want to summarize all of the commandments. We can do it in, in this way. Let's someone read verses 37 to 39. Okay, so the, this is in response to the question in verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Well, the greatest is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And the second is likened to it, and it is to love your neighbor. So here's how we ought to think about our secondary calling, which actually goes back to our primary calling. What was our primary calling? To be a disciple of Christ. We were called by Him, for Him, and to Him to live for Christ. So... This whatever we do in our secondary callings, which is at home, at at work, it is to love God and love our neighbor so that we're fulfilling that primary calling. Do you see how those things connect? So our secondary calling must begin with a love for God. How do we love God through our work? Well, we love God through our work by working for him. Right? Work heartily as to the Lord, not to men. Not as as um, manservants as eye pleasers or I think I just botched that up, but but to God, right? So so do you feel your work 
whatever you're called to, do you feel your work is a drudgery or it's a toilsome labor? Well, we'll do it with love for God. This is God's calling of me. This is what God wants me to do. Scripture demands that we work cheerfully and with excellence in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. It says, Obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for what good He does. So how do we love God when we work, whether at home or at our wage-earning job? It is by it is by working with all of our hearts. Think about it this way. If the Lord was your boss, or if you were an apprentice to the Lord Himself, how much different would you work than you work right now? Wouldn't you always want to use the right tool for the job, the tool that He told you to use? Wouldn't you always want to take an extra second to make sure that that line is straight and those numbers are correct? Would you ever hand in a document with with errors, with typographical errors, you know, just kind of sloppily put it together? No. Of course, we're human, so probably could still happen, but, but we would strive not to do that. Would we ever be tardy? Would we take... Um, would we take breaks that our boss didn't want us to take? Or would we leave dishes in the sink for our spouse to do? Or let the leaves remain unraked? How would we work differently if we thought that that God was our boss or that the Lord Jesus Christ was our master? And you see, if we are truly working with all of our hearts as working for the Lord, our work becomes dramatically different. It goes from kind of mediocrity and just enough to get by. That's, by the way, how the world looks at work for the most part. Now, there are some workaholics that just, they ha- that's their life, okay? And they, they do it with excellence, but, but they actually do it to an extreme. How do we actually work and, and do it excellently? That's, that's the idea. Ecclesiastes 9.10 challenges us to excellence like this. It says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. So, our secondary calling must begin with a love for God. And we love God by performing our work as if we're working for God Himself with excellence. Any questions on that? Any comments? Is that clear? Do you understand the difference between primary and secondary? Okay that we're talking about here? Yeah. For years and years and years, I absolutely loved the race horses in that life. And then after I got saved, I didn't know how to do anything else, but I got where I didn't want to do it, and I did it slop. I didn't really put any effort in for the last three or four years. I just couldn't wait to get away and uh, I've often wondered if I'm wrong because of what you just said. I, I didn't I had no desire to be there, no desire. I didn't care if the horse run good, bad, or upside down. Yeah. I, I just lost all desire. So I knew I was saved, but I don't know why I lost it. Didn't try to do it better. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good question to think through. Um, I I don't know all the circumstances. I won't be able to help you. Um, to lay down on the couch or something, and and we'll have a talk. No. Um, <laughs> All right. Good. Any other thoughts? Greta? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the nature of turning from an old way of life. And you remember all the things that used to go on, like, for example, at the track, and so you want to get away from that. So there, there's a, actually a changing of desire, so that could be part of it as well. So that's a good, good observation. Well, let's continue because the second part of our secondary calling is that we need to love our neighbor. If we're going to fulfill this twofold commandment of loving God and love our neighbor, we need to do it in our secondary calling. And... One of the ways that you love your neighbor is by working, right? The work that you do, whether it's at home or, or it's at a, a paid job, actually helps someone else, right? Um, Lord, the Lord taught us in, I think it's Matthew chapter 6, to give us this day, our daily bread. He, he taught us to pray like that. But, but it's been 3,500 years since God has rained down food from heaven and so instead of God making a miraculous provision like He did for them in the wilderness, God gives us our daily bread through the work of others. And so we are actually called to help other people by, by doing our work. This is a loving thing. So God calls the farmer to farm, the miller to mill, the baker to bake, the trucker to deliver, the shopkeeper to stock, and you and I to purchase and prepare. These are all secondary callings by which God through His providence, called us to love our neighbors. You know, you, when, you, when you think of your job, 
You know, sometimes it feels so insignificant in the big scheme of things, you know, especially if you're working at a huge company and you got this one little job. It's like, if, if I weren't here, would, would it really change much? Um, but, but actually it does. It, it, it accomplishes something within your department, your department's necessary for your overall con company and so on. So God actually gives each person a specific set of talents that are used to help to love our neighbors. And so that means that any lawful occupation, okay, and when I say lawful, I don't mean within the government law, that, that is included, but I'm talking about with, under the law of Christ. Any lawful occupation can have dignity before the Lord and be useful for Him. Consider the meditations of some of the Reformers as they explored the biblical, biblical doctrines of callings. Here's Martin Luther in the 16th century. He said, The works of monks and priests however holy and arduous they may be, do not differ one whit in the sight of God from the works of the rustic laborer in the field or the woman going about her household tasks. But, he says, that all works are measured before God by faith alone. See what he's saying there? He's trying to say that, you know, we can, we can um, put on a pedestal some of these higher jobs, you know, the pastor... Or, or, you know, like for him, he calls it the monks and the priests. But, but really, any job can be done in a proper way because it's going to be measured by faith alone. William Perkin, Perkins, who's an English reformer during a, the, uh, um, around the same time, says the action of a shepherd and keeping sheep is as good a work before God as is the action of a judge in giving a sentence or as a magistrate in ruling or as a minister in preaching. See, there is value in all of our secondary callings, no matter how mundane they may seem to us. But it's important to note that, that value is found as our secondary callings line up with God's purposes. Okay, so it's not just that we have a secondary calling, God's called me to be a fill-in-the-blank, it's as we are doing it for the Lord. Instead of being... Um, self-satisfied in our education, our training, our abilities, or our successes, we must realize that our Sovereign Lord has equipped us for the particular calling that we have to love our neighbors through our work. Because if you work only for yourself, or only for your boss, or only for your clients, or for your employees, then you're missing the point. You are called to work for God and for His purposes. And we'll look at what those are next week. Um, when we meet again. There's one final thing to keep in mind as we think about secondary callings, which we'll uh, look at later in the, in the series. But all secondary callings stem from commands in Scripture, and all secondary callings are according to God's providential working of circumstances. So you might be thinking, okay, well, how do I know what my secondary calling is. Well, how did I know that working full-time as an accountant at, J at Jackson Dawson was my secondary calling for 10 years? Was it because I received a note from heaven with that company's name on it? Okay, go and work. No, in case you're wondering. It's because there are principles in Scripture that led me to believe that I needed to work. Because in Genesis 2, I read that the man was assigned to work, and in 1 Timothy that I am to provide for a family. If I don't provide for my family, I'm worse than an unbeliever. 
And in Ephesians, that the normal way to do that work is through the money that I make at the job. And so these commands for Scripture help guide me to a calling. Only then could I know that I'm called to a specific company. Actually, once they receive me, because I could, I could say, well, I'm, I think I'm called to this place, but then if they say, we're not going to hire you, well, then I would know that that's not of God. So that's where God's providence comes in. See, I follow the commands of Scripture. I need to take care of my family. I need to provide for them by getting a job. And then as that opportunity opens up, then I know that that's actually God who is leading me there. In the same way, mothers, wives, the unemployed, the retired, you can all look to Scripture for your specific secondary callings. What are the general commands that have been given to you with regard to your responsibilities? How has God designed you? What kind of gifts has He given to you? And so wherever God calls you, you can be confident that that He can use you in that specific workplace, whether that's inside the home or outside the home. So when people say things like, I feel God called me to be a lawyer, as if that's the end of the matter, that's where it gets dangerous. I've heard that before by Christians. It's like, God called me to this place. Well, sometimes we just blaze a trail that God doesn't want us to go. Um, and so... So we got to be careful about making strong statements as if that's the end of the matter. But when we make statements like, listen, this is what God has called me to do. He's called me to provide for my family, to, to, to do it through a job, and this job's now open. It seems like God's lead, leading me. Then that, that can be um, more clear than saying, you know, I know it because God called me and you can't, you can't stop me type idea. So... Now that we've explored primary and secondary callings, um, we want to look at, at multiple callings. The point is that we're not called to a single secondary calling. Okay, Just like Jackson Dawson was not my only calling. As new creatures in Christ, we have multiple callings. A Christian is called primarily to salvation and discipleship. That's the primary one. But it may also be called to, to be a husband, a father, an accountant, a voting citizen. He's called to all of those things. So do you see how there's multiple callings that each of us have? And in all of those callings, whatever God has called you to do, you are called to do those two primary commandments, to love God and to love your neighbor in all of them. But, but that's actually... When you think about the fact that all of those callings are common in one way, and that is that we have one boss in all of those. God is our boss. Okay, When we submit to the government, we submit to God. When we submit to our boss at work, we submit to God. Okay, When we work heartily at home, we do it to God. When we pay our taxes, we do it as if to the Lord. And that's a good thing. Okay, so that's actually a freeing, a freeing um, reality that we all can know. That He has given each of us a specific standard by which we can be faithful to Him no matter what calling we have and as many callings as we have. Um, Alright, I need to keep moving. So we finish this part of the section of the basic principles. Let me just recap. Calling and vocation are one and the same. 
Okay? All believers have a primary calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's our primary calling. And then our secondary calling, whatever those callings are, whether it be at a paid position or as a citizen or a father, husband, wife, mother, whatever, all of those are done as to the Lord. We love God and we love our neighbor as we do those. Let me just uh, finish by looking at a couple distortions of callings. And we've alluded to one of them already, but, but we'll look at these. Here, there is a Catholic distortion and a Protestant distortion. Now, um, if you know anything about church history, you know that we are Protestant. And so you might think, well, the Protestant distortion, we're going to take that side. That, that Don't think choices. Both of these are equally bad. The Catholics made a, made a wrong choice here in how they look at callings, and then the, the Protestants did the same. So we need to find a, a middle ground, a, a proper biblical ground. The Catholic distortion is so-called because it arose in the Roman Catholic Church. The distortion fails the first challenge of primary and secondary calling, which is to make sure that the primary calling is primary. Okay, That's where they fail. So instead of considering these callings in order, the Roman Church separated them completely and believed that some were called, some people were called to a primary calling and others were called to a secondary calling. So I just began by saying all of us have a primary calling as believers, right? It's to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're called for, uh, by Him, for Him, and to Him. Okay? So, but, but what the Catholics taught was that there are some people who have a primary calling and others who have a secondary calling. So they taught that the perfect life uh, was the spiritual life and it was reserved for priests and monks and nuns but then there was another life that was a secondary calling they called it the permitted life and that was the secular kind of work so you know if you really got to get stuck working on the railroad or, or whatever I probably didn't have railroads back then in the 1500s but um, but just imagine what that would be like if they did um, so th- this was a distortion they 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 saw that that um that really the clergy were were kind of higher up than everybody else, that they were the real spiritual elites, and then everyone else um, just had to kind of get by in life. Consider the account of William Wilberforce, who, as a member of Parliament, led the abolition of the slave trade in the Slave Trade Act of 1807 in England. He was first converted at the age of 25, and his first thought was, I need to leave politics. There's so much corruption here. But like many, Wilberforce believed that the life of ministry uh, during that time was more important than the secular life. So I need to go into ministry. Well, John Newton, who's the author of Amazing Grace, had no, knew uh, Wilberforce and persuaded him not to leave the secular workforce, not to leave Parliament because of the influence that he could have for good. In 1788, Wilberforce wrote this in his own journal, My walk is a public one. My business is in the world, and I must mix in the assemblies of men or quit the post which Providence, God, seems to have assigned me. If Wilberforce had left uh, politics for the pulpits, he would have quit the post that God assigned him and would have... Uh, the the slave trade probably would have had, had probably would have continued for much longer without his influence. 
You see, our callings are not divided into spiritual and secular. The callings of believers, no matter what it is, are all spiritual. We've said it this way before in, in a different class. All of life is worship. Right? We either worship God or we worship something else. The secondary calling to be a priest or a pastor is not inherently superior to a secondary calling to be a dishwasher. William Tyndale wrote this, that if our desire is to please God, then pouring water, washing dishes, cobbling shoes, and preaching the Word is all one. And Martin Luther put it this way, God and the angels smile when a man changes a diaper. Okay? doesn't matter what you're called to do. Do it with all that you have as to the Lord. There's nothing, there's nothing unimportant in doing work when God has called you to it. Okay? So, don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting that paid ministry is not a worthy calling. What I am saying is that if a man is called to the ministry, he is called to do a great and sober task with eternal rewards. But if a man is not so called... And clearly not all believers are. And, by the way, it would be impossible if all believers were to actually do anything in life. As believers, our primary calling um, is to salvation and discipleship. And to, to, no matter what we're called to, it's not second-rate or unimportant. And, and, by the way, there is that kind of idea in some pockets of our, our kinds of churches okay, that tells you that you are not as spiritual... You cannot be a spiritual unless you are called to ministry. Now, certainly, to, to desire the office of an overseer, Paul says to Timothy, is to desire a good thing. Okay, so we, again, we don't want to minimize that, but, but there are also great callings that God has given to every other person. We need good Christians in the workplace. We need good Christians at home. We need good Christians, you know, in, in society. Let me quickly move to the Protestant distortion and see if you have any questions, all right? The Catholic distortion was really a spiritual form of dualism. There's either good or bad. Um, It elevated the spiritual over the secular. The Protestant actually did the reverse. It elevated the secular over the spiritual. So the earlier Reformers and the Puritans had a clear understanding of the doctrine of calling. They did not confuse primary and secondary secondary callings, but over time, the celebration of the spirituality of secondary callings became in balance, and so they would, um, they would use words like work and trade and employment and occupation. They came to have the same meaning as calling. Oz Guinness puts it well when he writes, eventually the day came when faith and calling were separated completely. The original demand that each Christian should have a calling was boiled down to the demand that each citizen should have a job. And then work itself was made sacred. President Calvin Coolidge once declared, the man who builds a factory builds a temple. The man who works there worships there. You see how he's taking the secular job and, and now exalting it to something as if it's, 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 um, it's primary. And Henry Ford said it this way, work is the salvation of the human race morally, physically, and socially. This is a distortion, a Protestant distortion, in which many of us find ourselves today in our world. And I think part of that is because we, we don't give much thought to calling in the biblical sense. We don't understand why we work. 
though we can appreciate why we need to work, we don't understand why we work. We give little thought to what work we do other than, you know, it really seems enjoyable to me or something that I, I kind of like or I'm, I am good at. And so some, because we think we like it and because we think we're good at it, we say we're called to it. And then we take that calling and we say, well, that's God's calling for me and I have to pursue that at all costs. And then what happens is those, is that calling that we have actually takes precedent over some of our other callings. What are some of those other callings? Okay, so let's, let's take one. Pr- primary paid position. Let's say I work for Ford Motor Company. My primary paid position is to work for Ford Motor Company. That's my calling. I'm telling everybody that's my calling in life. So what, what are my other callings that we talked about before? Family? Citizenship? And church, right? Okay, so... So now I'm saying, well, I'm sorry, this is my primary calling. I can't help you over here. I can't make it to church on Sunday. It's, it's not as important as my primary calling. So that's what the Protestants actually did. They distorted uh, that, that calling and moved it to a place where it ought not to be. And what's worse is we can become defined by our jobs, not by the one who called us. And so when we're unemployed or underemployed or unsuccessfully employed, then we can face a major life crisis because now our identity is gone. My identity was with my job and now my job is gone. But thank God that there is a way forward and it is simple. We must at all times recognize that we are not primarily called to do something or to go somewhere, but we are called to someone. And that is to our Creator God. Our first vocation, our primary calling, is to discipleship of our Lord Jesus Christ because we are new creatures. The primary call requires us to be devoted to no one more than God, to desire nothing more than God, to glorify nothing but God, to enjoy nothing apart from God. And so... I, I didn't really plan to really talk application, but but if you, you are in a position right now where your calling, your secondary calling, has actually taken precedence, this might be a good time to reconsider. Okay, what is my primary calling in life? And am I fulfilling that? Can I fulfill it with the job that I currently have? And that's a good question to ask and to answer as you pray to God and, and seek His faith in His Word. All right. Any thoughts or questions? Major objections. Paul. Yeah. Good. Uh, how, how can we apply this to a student? Yeah, we've been talking about a paid position. Do you get paid to go to school? No. We pay so that you go to school. Okay. Um, so, yeah, th- we've been talking about a paid position. We've been talking about working at home. So, obviously, you, you guys have responsibilities at home that you have to do, but, but also as a student, right? Can you guys think of specific ways in which you can work, do your work as to the Lord? Okay? And, okay, I, I'm thinking those specific ways already. I'm thinking, man, this, this is going to be a good week for you guys. <laughs> Practicing instruments as to the Lord, not to, as to mom and dad, right? 
Okay, doing doing responsibilities, chores around the house. But 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 obviously, when you get to school, um, doing your work as to the Lord and not unto men. That I'm going to work with excellence in all that I do, because my primary calling is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and then my secondary calling is to be a student, is to be a musician, is to be you know a baseball player, whatever it is. Okay, um, God is is at the forefront there and, and we can't exalt those other things because actually even as a student in school you could exalt, exalt that to a place like that last distortion we were talking about to a place where you know this is, is more, most important I'm going to I'm going to push aside some of these other things that are less important my family my church and so on um, my time in the word um, because I need to make sure that I focus on my school and uh, we, we need to learn how to balance that. Hopefully we'll be able to talk through some of those ways in which we can do that, especially in the last class, how to balance all those things. That, does that answer the question you had? Okay. Any other thoughts? Questions? Yes. That's def- definitely a difficult balance. I think we're going to need to think through that some more, for sure. Because um, you know, when I was going through seminary, I was married, had kids, was working a job, and was still a member of a church, and and so on. So that that's a lot of responsibility. That um, some of the time that I would otherwise spend with family, I was spending studying, and so I'm thankful for. For Jennifer being able to help me through that, just you know, taking the kids and taking care of them when I was doing that, and there's still a lot of that that goes on. You know, that that's the nice thing about having a, a teamwork type of thing. But but there is some cases where it's like your studies are they really that important? I mean, do we really need to sacrifice some of these things? Those balance questions are the difficult ones, um, but but ones we ought to think about. But I think once we set this foundation, this will help us to, to think, um, just ha- have this base by which we can understand some of these other things. That our primary calling is to God, to serve God. Uh, that's what He's made us to do. And then our secondary callings all fall underneath that. All right? Good. Thank you for your attention this morning. Let me pray and, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you for um, calling us and uh, justifying us. We. We were far from you and did not deserve your grace, and that's why we love it. And um, we pray that you'd help us to live by it in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.